time for another Siren podcast, I guess. We've kind of been doing these sporadically, but welcome to our first like official Siren chat, I guess, other than an interview. Um, I'm Gemma from Siren, and here with me today via Google Hangout, because we're still in stage four lockdown, is... Alison Smirnoff. <laughs> I kind of threw to you while you weren't looking. <laughs> How are you doing, Al? I'm good. Yeah. You know, in my lounge room yeah. at my computer again. So, yeah. Your, the picture behind you on the wall is straighter today than it was the other day. Oh, good. <laughs> it did bother me the other day. <laughs> I'm we sorry. Should, we should take a screenshot then share it so people know what we're talking about <laughs> yeah you took a photo of your computer for the last interview we did like this and it was very unflattering for me so maybe i'll have oh. to reciprocate that in yeah okay this one. <laughs> sorry about that that's okay it, it happens i dyed my hair blue oh very good i don't know if you noticed is that yeah. is that because you're switching teams to carlton or you know melbourne's blue as well right <laughs> i am starting to get very bored in lockdown i was okay for a long time and i've started to get really bored so i dyed my hair fair enough should we actually talk about football and what we're going to talk about today yes so today we are doing a recap of the aflw trade and sign period so um anyone who's subscribed to the siren newsletter will notice that i actually wrote a trade recap last week for our newsletter but uh that's signing period hadn't finished by then so what we're going to do today is actually a big rundown of everything that has happened so this is a little bit more intensive um i am Gemma, so i am the kind of the aflw person at siren that those are my credentials when it comes to talking about women's footy al yours are much more impressive uh can you tell people why they should listen to you talk about women's footy uh well i mean <laughs> Look, um, I host a podcast called This AFL Life where we talk exclusively about uh, AFLW. Mm -hmm. um, I've been involved in women's footy um, as an administrator for about five years at the Darabin Falcons. Um, I've been involved in the footy industry since about 2007. Um, yeah, and I'm just a bit of a footy head, I guess. Yeah, that's an accurate way to describe you. <laughs> I do like sending you random messages about specific players at times that no one should be talking about these players and you always respond nicely to me. Uh, but I love it because, you know, <laughs> even when there's no football, we're still thinking about it. So yeah, that <laughs> I, is totally, I totally true. get it. <laughs> Excellent. So we're going to first uh, – just go through each team alphabetically, talk about who they got in, who has moved on in their off-season through all sorts of forms, um, and then just kind of explain what draft position they're in um, and then chat briefly about that. And then at the end, we'll confirm all the details of the draft so everyone can write that down in their diaries because it is all online this year. So everyone can just watch it from their laptops. I mean, you could do that before, but they played R. Kelly during it. So no one wanted to. Um, uh, that was so bad. <laughs> yep. So let's start off with the A's, the only A's, Adelaide Crows. So they made a few moves, but this was off the back of a bunch of retirements and 2D listings. So 
Retiring from the Crows was Courtney Cramey, Jess Foley, Courtney Gum, Sophie Lee, Maisie Nankivell, and Ruth Wallace, who had been – both of those last two had been inactive in 2020. Um, Jamie Tabb and Nicole Campbell have both been delisted. So that's a lot of movement out of the club over this offseason, as well as the fact that a lot of that is really important maturity and leadership from their club. So that's a big thing. So coming in – they got Hannah Munyard in, who's a 19-year-old mid who was an unsigned free agent um, by the Western Bulldogs after the draft last year. Um, she is a South Australian. She's got a lot, of, a lot of talent, but she just wasn't picked up by Adelaide last year. Um, she played three games. She averages about seven touches, two tackles, and, and she kicked a goal this year. I think she'll be a really good support for Hatchard and Marinoff and can learn a lot from them and kind of come through with Najwa Allen, who became that third midfielder for them this year. Um, obviously, with no Courtney Gum in there, that's a big mid- midfield spot that needs to be filled. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just looking at that list of retirements, I mean, that's a lot of experience going out the door. It's probably, you know, offset slightly by, you know, Sagineri coming back mm-hmm. but yeah a lot of experience yeah so you mentioned Sedgenera she's another one that's come back Adelaide have really just brought South Australians back to the state that had been drafted by other clubs just Sedgenera was at the Crows moved to the Saints for her for the, for their first year in the competition and is now back because she was missing home she's a forward slash mid she's one of the fittest players in the comp and I really do love that she's able to bolster their maturity and leadership um, around the ball. She doesn't always get a lot of the ball, but she can be really important in linking midfield and forward, which was yep. an issue for this year. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And then the other one they brought in was Lisa Whiteley from the Giants. She's a 27-year-old defender. Um, she's just played the two games. I think she's more of a depth player for the Crows. I think she's just an in-case-of-emergency break-glass type of player. Yeah, I tend to agree. I haven't seen a lot of um, Lisa Whiteley. Um yeah, so I, I can't really add too much. Yeah, well, not not many people have. She hasn't. She did only play the two games, and that was in 2019. So she is that kind of fringe player that I think was steak knives as part of a draft swap. Um, so their draft hand going into the draft is pick four, pick 44 and 46. But with the state of the draft, the numbers of their draft picks doesn't count for a lot, given the fact that they're the only ones that have access to the South Australian draft pool. So. They could have picked 6,252 and it wouldn't matter because that was pick one. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think when when you look at their off-season movements, while it's positive for them, I think that the bigger impact on their season next year is going to be the return of injured players than it will anything else. Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, if they can get um, Chelsea Randall and, and Aaron Phillips back, I mean, that's they're worth, <laughs> they're worth yeah. five players really. Yeah, and the but but the bonus of this year was the fact that they were able to get um, a lot of games into young players that wouldn't have otherwise. So Najwa Allen, as I mentioned earlier, she's going to be a gun mid. Um, Caitlin Gould as a ruck slash forward. Um, Chelsea Bedell, players like that that wouldn't have got opportunity otherwise are going to really come in and have a bit more confidence going into next year, which is exciting for them. So fairly positive, although losing Jess Foley, and Courtney Gum and Sophie Lee and Courtney Cramey. It's not always a great off-season for you. No. <laughs> Shall we move to Brisbane? Yeah, but just before we do, 
Foley was, I mean, I know she only played two seasons, but gosh, she was a good get, wasn't she? Incredible. And the fact that she was drafted as a forward for them and then on the eve of their first game last year, she uh, Metcalf went down with that knee and she trained for two weeks as a ruck and was the best ruck in the comp last year. Yeah, oh, hands down. Like I um I remember talking to Lauren Pierce about her and, and Lauren Pierce like really, really rates her as a ruck and yeah. didn't enjoy playing on her. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the thing. I think Foley was the first ruck to really come into the competition and show expertise as a tap ruck, which we hadn't seen mm. a lot of in AFLW yet, the expertise with tapping the ball, which mm. sounds stupid because that is the position, but there are different ways to play it. Yeah. Yeah. Those, those basketballers, they just they know how to use their body. Brisbane. So Brisbane didn't do a lot this offseason. They brought in Taylor Smith from the Suns. Um, she's a 20-year-old who hasn't played yet. She's a forward and she was a priority signing ahead of the Gold Coast Suns' first season this year. Um, a boatload of potential, but I think – or she did play one game. Apologies, I said she didn't play any. Um so much potential, but I think she just needed that little bit more time to develop, which is, I think, why she didn't get a lot of games. And Gold Coast did have quite a stacked forward line. I think what she's going to be able to learn under a player like Jess Wushner in that forward line is going to improve her exponentially. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, when I look at Brisbane, I mean, over the course of the, you know, AFLW as a whole, I mean, they, they're just stable and mm. they just keep finding players from Queensland, they're just yep. they're just so incredible and so consistent. Um, yeah, so I, I don't you, you probably don't expect to see much movement at trade time because their their record of recruiting is so strong. Yeah, yeah so yeah. that's the, actually the thing. Like they do recruit really strongly. This is the first time they've been able to retain the bulk of their list because it, we haven't had expansion just pilfering them for the first time which is amazing because it means they've got this big group of young players that have signed on for one or two years now that are all gonna grow as a team together rather than individually and then try to be slapped together which is so exciting yeah yeah absolutely yeah Um, I mean you make a really good point about expansion that they've really been (laughs) they've been picked off the last couple of years through expansion and they're still (laughs) they're still standing strong They're, they're quite an incredible club really They have eight of their inaugural lines still there, which I think given a lot of the other stuff is pretty incredible too. Like that back line is largely inaugural players and they've got to be one of the best, other than Melbourne, got to be one of the best back lines in the league. Aside from the many Falcons that I love playing in AFLW, (laughs) Kate Lutkins is my favourite player in the competition. She is just, I just love her. Yeah, so reliable and, and then she's able to, kind of get off her player and take those intercept marks because Conan and Campbell are so reliable. Yeah. So it's just this perfect group. They just needed to find more scoring avenues this year. That was their big issue. Yeah. Yeah, um, I agree. Speaking of, you always have to say goodbye to some players. Ariana Clark retired um, to focus on a better life balance, which is a whole other AFLW conversation we need mm. to have. Mm. Um. And they've delisted Hannah Hillman, who was a ruck that didn't quite get a game this year, and Brianna McFarlane. So Brianna McFarlane is a pretty disappointing story for her because she had heaps of potential, Got broke her collarbone right before um, the first season that she was signed for, which was last year. And then this year I think she did her knee or her shoulder 
she had another injury right before the season began and that's goodbye to her contract. So that's pretty upsetting that we weren't able to see her because there was a lot to like about her. Mm. But I do think the nature of women's footy in AFLW is, you know, she probably will get another opportunity at some point. You know, yeah. if, she can, if she can, you know, get her body right, you know, get some footy under her belt, she might get another crack at it. Yeah, hopefully, because I really she's kind of like Kiara Bauer. She's that player that everyone talks about, everyone wants to see her play, but injuries prevented that from happening. It's just mm. kind of like um, what's the word I'm thinking of? Um, like shrouded in mystery, I guess, like a cult figure that yeah. no one actually saw. An enigma. <laughs> An enigma, yes. Um, so their draft hand, it's a little bit different um, to other states here. In Queensland, there are two regions and then there's the statewide region. So players can actually nominate for the draft in the Brisbane region or in the Gold Coast region or just Queensland. So they can either be picked up by one club or both. So Brisbane holds pick 8, 37, 38, 49. But in Queensland, that's 2, 4, 5 and 6. But the way players are available does make it a little bit complicated. But as it stands, they have a fairly strong draft hand in Queensland. Um, anything else you want to say about Brisbane? No. Now we're up to Carlton, which I know Alison is terribly excited to talk about. Oh, yes. Hang on one second. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry. Um, we have to wait through this whole thing now. No, no, no. It's just plays a snippet. It's my uh, Carlton <laughs> stubby holder that plays the song. <laughs> so for our listeners, uh, Alison, right after we finished Brisbane, goes, can you wait a second and ran <laughs> off and came back with that prop for us all. Uh, worth it, 100% worth uh, it. Um, yeah. I know you're very excited to talk about Carlton for a couple of reasons, but let's start with Maddie Guerin coming in. Maddie G. Well, I've had the excellent fortune of seeing Maddie Guerin up close uh, at Darabin. Uh, yeah. And, look, I was devastated to see her do her knee this year, but she has got so much potential and so much upside. She's really strong, really quick. Um, she could be absolutely anything. And I know she's, like, working super, super hard on her rehab at the moment. Um, Carlton supporters should be pretty excited. Uh, she's got some amazing outside run, loves to hit the scoreboard and just, like, really explosive and powerful and, oh, exciting. She was uh, part of a very big deal uh, trade. Uh, she was a really high draft pick in 2017 as well. She went at number 14. So, yeah, there's a lot to be said about this. We'll, we'll get to that towards the end. I think with her... Once she starts to get some consistent games, mm -hmm. people will really start to see what she's made of, whereas at Melbourne she's been kind of in and out a little bit with some injuries and with some depth of list type stuff. But, yeah, once she hits the ground running, I think she's going to be kind of Grace Egan-like, I guess. Yeah, and I think also the way Carlton plays, I mean, they showed this year once they get the ball on the outside, they're so quick. Mm -hmm. um, so I just reckon, I reckon Maddie will slot right in. Yeah. Another inclusion at Carlton is Charlotte Hammonds from Gold Coast. She's a 19-year-old. So, again, all these ages are on the day we're recording. Um, 
I know there's some birthdays that are soon, so sorry if you're listening to this after they've turned whatever age, but all of these ages are as we're recording. Um, Charlotte Hammonds, she's yet to debut and she was an under-18 signing for the Suns. She's another forward that the Suns had picked up. So very similar to Taylor Smith, depth and just that need for a little bit more development kept her out of the side. But I think she's the kind of player Carlton will be really excited to have, especially with the news of the concurrent VFLW season in 2021. So I know there's a lot to talk about with that whole concept, but I think she's the kind of player where if she's got a chance to show herself at a lower level while the season's on, she'll really push for selection in that way. Yeah. I I don't know a lot about Charlotte, but um, I mean, Carlton have some really exciting young players. So you know, if, if there's a, a core group of them that can come through together and develop together, I think that's really that's really exciting for them. Yeah. And then this is the one that uh, I'll throw to you for again. <laughs> Talk to me. Elise O'Day. Elise O'Day. Uh, Premiership captain from the Falcons, uh, former co-captain of Melbourne. She just is a midfield bull. She's just so um, strong, uh, in close, can get the ball on the outside as well, likes to hit the scoreboard. She's, uh, I remember my uh, This AFL Life co-host, Julia Kiera, said she is like the master of getting her arms free uh, and avoiding, you know, being tackled. Uh, she's just a really, really polished player. Um, and something I think with Carlton is that she's, probably a slightly different midfielder. Um, she's quite different to, to, you know, Loins and, and Hosking. Um, so I think she's going to really complement that midfield and, you know, and working with Chris Barkas as well. Uh, and, you know, and not to mention, um, you know, all that leadership experience. Uh, yeah, what, what an incredible get for Carlton. For pick 15 for both for her and Warren. This it's is amazing. what my sticking point is. Um, <laughs> my one issue, right? So call me a bitter Melbourne supporter, but I think the one issue with this Carlton midfield of Prosparkis, O'Day and Loins as the main three with someone else running through at times, so whether that's a Georgia G or whether that's a Grace Egan or a Hosking, I think the issue here is that no one except for maybe Grace Egan can be as reliable disposing of the ball out of that congestion. And I think that's the one thing that Carlton really need is to find those links to the outside. And they were able to do it this year, but not as consistently as maybe you would have liked to see. And I think that's the one question I have over that midfield is disposal maybe isn't as reliable as maybe other mids can do. So even with the addition of O'Day? Yeah, I think O'Day's good, but I still think she's a little bit touchy with the disposal when she's under pressure. And I think Presparkis can be guilty of that too. Whereas you look at someone like Jasmine Garner, and even when there's three players hanging off her, she'll hit a target nine times out of ten. I think mm. that's the one question I have about this midfield. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I think. I think. I think O'Day definitely can bring that. Um, yeah. And, you know, and she does like to push forward. Um, she, she can be that link. Um, yeah, Famously I, kicked two goals against Carlton in a quarter uh, two years ago. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and when she's, 
feeling her best and at her best, she she can be that player definitely. And and I'm excited for her that she's um, that she's got this fresh start. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I, I think I think there's potential for her to to be that player for them. Yeah. That that's gonna be an interesting one to watch because I think that was the biggest issue with Carlton's midfield this year, really. Mm. Um. So let's talk about who's left Carlton. So Jade Van Dyke has moved moved on with trade. So has Sarah Hosking, which we'll talk about when we get to Richmond. They've okay. delisted Joanne Doonan, Katie Harrison, Shani Whiting, and Emerson Woods. The only one that played this year out of those four was Joanne Doonan, who played, I think, two games before being dropped. Um, and Chloe Dalton is the other one who will be inactive next year. Um, mm. So that's why I think having Maddie Guerin come in and be able to be a, an outside runner is really beneficial because she mm. can take up that role that Chloe Dalton had. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and she's got the same pace as well. So, yeah, I think yeah, it's a kind of a like for like, and probably, um, you know, given that Maddie has played footy for a long time, she's probably got the footy smarts maybe a little bit more than Dalton did. Um, sometimes Dalton would get caught a little bit with the yep. ball um, just because she doesn't have that, um, I guess, football knowledge. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think Maddie can definitely fill that role. For sure. Um, so they have a draft hand of pick 12, 28, and 36. So within the Victorian draft pool, that's 7, 20, and 25. So that's a pretty solid position to be in, even after managing to get both Guerin and O'Day in for pick 15. Oh, it's incredible. It's incredible. <laughs> <sighs> so I think they're the big winners of the draft, really. Um, to have gotten those two, still have a pick inside 10 within the Victorian draft. The only big loss I can really see for them is knowing that Dalton won't be there next year, but otherwise it's pretty rosy for them. Yeah. Yeah, they've, so, uh, yeah they, they, won, they won the trade period for me. Um, okay. Let's talk about Collingwood. We all love to talk about Collingwood, don't we? Go to the pies. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to edit that bit out and just move it against you. <laughs> so in for Collingwood, Abby Green has come in from North Melbourne. She's a 23-year-old ruck forward. She played two games this year, really improved as well, even though it was only across two games. T- kicked two goals um, in her second game. Looks really strong out of the goal square, has strong hands, can mark up forward. And I think she's the right kind of player for Collingwood because they need a focal point of their forward line. And I think if she can sit in their forward line, take marks and just be a reliable person up there to have their smalls crumb off, I think that is the biggest win for Collingwood out of this whole situation. Mm, yeah, definitely. I mean, if they use her as a, you know, as a, as a forward option um, and then also because they, they lost Hines as well, so she's the backup ruck for Leighton. Um, it's yeah. a pretty smart move to get her in. And we haven't touched on it yet, but, um, you know, with Alicia Newman at her feet, yeah. Uh, yeah. that's that's a pretty good combo that's as well. Huge. Yeah, it's smart, I think, for them. Um, the other one, as you've just mentioned, Alicia Newman in from Melbourne. She's 25. She's small forward slash wing. She's very quick. Um, similar to a few other things I've said, uh, I think she can really assist Collingwood's connection between a very strong midfield and what has the potential to be a strong forward line with Jordan Allen, now Abby Green, Chloe Malloy, players like that. 
but their big issue has been getting it in there to their forwards' advantage. And mm. I think Alicia Newman, if she can clean up her kicking even 5%, I think that will be massive because she's quick on the outside. Collingwood don't have a lot of speed on the outside. I think that can change their game a little bit mm. and ha- take a bit of pressure off Kiyochi with that run on the outside. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, for sure. And obviously we know she can sit forward and crumb off um, crumb off contests. Again, the issue is that kicking. She kicked seven behinds this year. She really struggled with the execution of stuff. But if yeah. if the two of them have strong development and support around them, they have the potential to be absolutely anything, but they need that support. So I think the development of these two players is going to hinge on what Collingwood can do for them as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think, um, yeah, I, I was I was a little bit concerned for Collingwood losing Sarah Darcy Um Although she wasn't their leading goal kicker, I still think you need that kind of that target and that that hit up forward. Mm. Um, so to bring in Green, an extra crummer in Newman, um, Chloe Malloy. I mean, what a freak! She can play anywhere. Like she kicked six goals or something, and she didn't yep. even spend all that much time in the forward line. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, they're they're really versatile up forward to Collingwood. So um, yeah, I mean. To, to have the flexibility, like you say, of you, p- perhaps using Newman as a, as more of an outside runner than a small forward, um, yeah, they've just got they've got heaps of options. Yeah, I think their issue is that while they've got lots of options, no one has put their hand up as the dominant forward for them, and that has let them down a lot. And I think mm. that is the biggest issue for Collingwood is if Abby Green can come in and be a dominant forward for them, no one can stop them, but they still haven't found that person yet. And they've also signed Imogen Purcell as a B-grade rookie, so obviously no one's really seen her play footy before, which is another one that they've brought in this offseason. Out goes Sarah Darcy, as you mentioned. Um, I think that is a huge loss. Mm. Um, Sarah Dargan also leaves and Katie Lynch. So Katie Lynch is a swing player, so has really good hands but hasn't always executed with the kick. So losing her... It feels almost like they're just taking a fresh start approach. Um, Sarah Darcy and Sarah Dargan, though, they're players that can play forward or mid, and that probably robs them of a little bit of versatility. Um, Kayla Bentveltson, Emma Grant, Eliza Hines, and Michaela Roberts have all retired, and Georgia Goulet has been delisted. But I would not be surprised if Goulet got picked up by someone or whether Mm. it's even Collingwood picking her back up. Mm. Um, she's got heaps of potential. She just had injury this year. Yeah. Um, so their draft hand, they have pick 19, 25, 26, 31, and 33, which in Victoria is 12, 17, 18, 21, 22. That's still pretty solid, like, group of young players that they can bring through together considering how deep Victoria's draft is this year. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think also with Collingwood, I mean, there's still the Bree Davey factor. And, mm. like, I think second year at the club, Hopefully she can be injury-free, a bit more settled. If she can own, you know, the back line like she did at Carlton, that frees up Malloy. I mean, that's that in itself is huge, I think. That's the thing. They did lose, like Ash Brazel obviously injured. We don't know when she'll come back because she did mm. get injured middle of the season. Um, yeah. And then you think about the losses they had the previous year with Duffin leaving and Emma Grant going, that's a lot of run out of defense that they've lost. So if Davey can fill that spot and you Mm. don't need her in the midfield, um, that makes you so much stronger. Yeah, for sure. 
Collingwood, not you. Uh, <laughs> should we move on to Frio? Let's. I like Frio. Um, is that a surprise to you? I, no, I don't. I don't have a Frio stubby holder. I'm sorry. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have anything Frio actually. I have a Gold Coast scarf. Oh, well, we need to address that, don't we? Someone buy me a Frio scarf <laughs> or a Guernsey with 17 on it. Um, okay, Frio in. They had planned to have a fairly quiet trade period and then a few options came up that they jumped at. So Jess Trent uh, comes in from North Melbourne. She's a 29-year-old mid slash halfback. She's really durable. She hasn't missed a game since she debuted. I think she's an incredible addition mm. to Freo because she can play a rebounding defensive role or she can play on the wing she uses the ball beautifully. She's skillful. She's very consistent as well across all of her career. Um, and I think she'll really suit the Dockers game style with that outside run, that bounce out of defense, kick and mark game, run bounce game. Um, so I think that is a huge, huge win for Freya. And it's crazy to me that North gave her up mm. um, for so little as well. I think it was only pick 40, 44, 43. There you go. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I'm i a big, big fan of Just Trend. I'm really excited. And considering they've got Steph Kane coming back from injury and Ebony Antonio, who's a jet on the wing as well, she'll be working with some of the best in the comp at those roles, which will only see her improve as well. Yeah. Um, the other one that they've got in is Tiny Tester as a delisted free agent. So West Coast delisted Tiny Tester at the – fairly early in the trade and sign period. Um, she's a 27-year-old small forward who was actually part of Frio's academy system. Um, and West Coast picked her up um, when they were making their inaugural list. Didn't get the best out of her, which obviously as a forward, it's pretty tricky given um, their lack of ability to get the ball forward mm. this year. Um but she's got a heap of potential as well, and I think she'll really flourish at Freo with with some of the players they've got there. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm really pleased that she's got another opportunity, and and like you say, I mean it's hard to really kind of show off your wares as a small forward when the ball isn't getting down there very much. Yes, a hundred percent. So out of Freo, Taylor Bresland was uh, traded to West Coast as part of the Just Trend deal in a roundabout way. Um, she's a great defender and I think she'll get more opportunity at West Coast than she maybe would next year at Freo. Um, Mia Ray Clifford, Sarah Garstone and Lyndall Road have all been delisted from the side. And Kate Flood, who's an Irish woman, she's going to miss next season for personal reasons. Uh, she can't get back from Ireland for whatever reason. Um, but Freo are looking at ways to get her back on the list for the following year so they don't want to lose her for good. Um, their draft hand, they've got pick 14, 30, and 45 in WA, which is effectively two, four, and six. So they're just mm -hmm. one behind uh, West Coast in each slot there. Thoughts? Yeah, well, I mean, I wasn't expecting Frio to do a heap. I mean, and the fact that they've they've managed to hold on to most of their players is, you know, just goes to show how well they're doing really, doesn't it? Yeah. I think the thing for them, similar to Adelaide, is getting players back from injury. This mm. is to a side that went undefeated. They've still got Steph Kane, yeah. Anya Teague, uh, Alex Williams, and McMahon, who hasn't debuted either, who ha who looks to be like the next Kiara Bowers type player, just super tough inside midfielder. So, like, they have everything there for them to play with, and it's just they're going to be a scary team next year. 
Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, let's move on to Geelong. So Geelong just brought in draft picks. They didn't do much trading at all. Um, <laughs> Melissa Hickey, Anna Teague, and Cassie Blakeway have all retired, and Gemma Wright um, actually stepped away from the game during this year, so she's been delisted, requested off the list, effectively retired. Um, their, their draft is slightly different, similar to um, Brisbane and Gold Coast. They have access to players that nominated all of Victoria or just players that nominate regional Victoria. So they have picks 10, 20, 21, 27. In Victoria, that's pick 5, 13, 14, and 19. But again, it works slightly differently. It's a bit convoluted. Um, I was so sad to see my mate uh, Melissa Hickey retire. <laughs> Even though you knew it was coming, I knew I did know it was coming. I had to <laughs> had to keep that one under my belt. But um, yeah, look, what a great what a great career. And and I I remember having a conversation with her about it. And and part of the reason um, why I wrote well, organised some tributes to be written about her and and Nick Callanan. Something doesn't sit right with me when AFLW players retire, and it says you know game tally twenty five. <laughs> yeah, when you know how much these women have put into the game and, you yeah. know, they've had amazing careers before AFLW came around. Um, so, yeah, so Hickey, she's one of those and just outstanding human and leader and she's going to leave, leave a really big hole um, at Geelong. But, um, oh, what a champion. Yeah, and that's the thing. When Meg McDonald missed a lot of this season or a few games this season with that finger injury, it was Mel Hickey that went back into the defence and played that one-on-one role, and she yeah. was incredible. Like, you cannot beat her in a one-on-one. She's like Dane Rampey that way. Um, sorry to reference men's football in this, but <laughs> you get what I mean, and I think that's something that Geelong need to look at, and they're going to really need to go to the draft and find players who can come straight out of the draft and have an impact like Millie Brown did this year because they didn't bring in much other talent. And while their list is good, it needs to be great and it's Mm -hmm. not great yet. I kind of feel like with Geelong though, I mean, they've said from the outset that they want to build slowly and sustainably Mm -hmm. and, you know, they've (laughs) they've got dibs on all of that local talent. So the fact that they weren't that active really in the trade period just says to me that, they they already know who they're going to pick. <laughs> yeah, and I fully respect that. But they these are players that need to come in and impact straight away. Like Millie Brown was outstanding as a first year mm. player this year. Mm. Yeah, they need more like that, especially yeah. in the back line. Yeah, oh for sure. I mean, I think with Geelong, I mean, it, they just need some key players to stay healthy. I mean, if yeah. um if if Meg Mac can can hold down her you know her defensive role when she was all Australian and you know and they can get Nina Morrison back that makes a huge difference already. Do you want to know a fun fact about Nina Morrison? I do. Every time she's had 22 touches in a game she's done her ACL the next week. Oh Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) So next time she gets 22 touches be very worried. Don't don't play her. (laughs) (laughs) Don't let her train. Um, Yes. So that's Geelong. Let's move on to the Suns. I'm very conscious of the fact that you're going to be editing this, so I'm trying to power through, but also I like to talk. That's fine. That's fine. (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk about the Suns. They brought in one player, but this is a player that I rate so highly. Similar to Jess Trend, I rate her so highly. No one seems to acknowledge that they exist. 
She's a fucking jet. Um, <laughs> Alison Drennan from the Saints, who previously played in North's inaugural team. Mm. She's a 29-year-old mid-slash-halfback, very similar to Jess Trend, uses the ball well, has so much composure, is very mature, and she's a great leader. I think she'll also ideally be a key link between a really strong Suns defence and a running outside midfield. And that was something we saw from the Suns this year was they struggled to kind of get the ball over that defensive 50 arc. They could they could defend like hell within the 50, but it was getting it that bit further, that kick further away from defense that they struggled with. But once it was over there, they were good. And oh. I think Alison Drennan will be key in being that linking player between those two parts of the ground. Yeah. Uh, and, and I also think if she can give Jamie Stanton a bit of a chop out as well. Mm. Um, you know, I, I know Stano from um, she spent a season at the Falcons and she, she's a very nice person. I spoke to her on the phone the other day. <laughs> she, she's an excellent human, but, and she's just such a hard worker. But I think sometimes she, you know, she takes on so much responsibility that she's actually almost trying to do everything. So if she can get some, you know, some help through the middle, someone with experience and, and who's a good user of the ball, um, that'll really help Gold Coast. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And, again, more leadership up there can't go astray. They do have a very young list. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly right. Out goes, as we've mentioned, Charlotte Hammonds and Taylor Smith both traded and they've also delisted Georgia Bruard, Alexia Hamilton, Maddie Roberts, Taylor Thorne and Katara Wapferar. Um, That's so- a great, great name. Great name. They also used her on all of the promo because she was one of the very first players signed and then she never mm-hmm. got a game. <sighs> the way things go. Um, their draft hand, as I mentioned before, there are regions in Queensland, but there's also all of Queensland picks. So they currently have pick 7, 23, 50, 54, 57, 58, which in Queensland is 1, 3, 7, 8, 9, 10. So they're going to really look at young talent. I wouldn't be surprised to see them draft a delisted or an, an unsigned free agent as well, just for a little bit more of that experience. But and and looking at their lists, I know Brisbane very much like to just find players that are Queensland based and from Queensland to keep there. But I know the Suns are a little bit more active in bringing players across from other states. So I wouldn't be surprised if we saw something like that. Mm. Um, I think there's quite positive movement for the Suns. I know they didn't do a hell of a lot, but I think getting Drennan in is a big, big plus. Yeah. Oh, it's huge. Massive. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Let's talk about the Giants now. Um, so <laughs> Catherine Smith has come into the Giants. She's a 22-year-old defender or defensive mid. Um, she's coming off an ACL, as we all know, but she trains more. Like, she's very Mel Hickey-like, isn't she? Yeah. Oh, she's just, yeah, she's really, really solid defender. R- so mature. Um, yeah. Like 22. Just, when I looked up her age, I was like, what? Yeah, no, she's just like, you know, at 18, she just had, you know, captain material written all over it. She's just, yeah, she's so, she's just got such a mature head on her shoulders. And I just, yeah, what a, what a huge get for, for GWS. Like, I don't know how they manage that. Yeah. <laughs> to be As honest. I said, Melbourne was having a flash sale. Um, the, the thing, my one question about this, I think, Kat Smith is an incredible player, and if you've got the opportunity to get her, you get her. Mm. My question about the Giants is how many more players like this do they need? Like, they have a very strong 
contested inside mid group to the point where players like Jess Del Poz are being pushed to that half-back line. And I know Kat Smith is a defender, but she has played a lot of midfield time for Melbourne as well. She's a good tagger, all that sort of stuff. How many more players like that do they need? They, they just signed Tate Mackerel to another two years. They've got Elise Parker. They um, have Beeson. They've got Del Poz. They've got Eva. They're all contested inside mids or play that kind of role when they're put into defence. Why weren't they looking for outside run? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, but Smitty has to play defence, doesn't she? Like, surely. But she does. But then what do you do about the extra mids that you've got? Because now that they've signed Tate Mackerel for two years, who has really shown that she's earned her spot after being on and off list for the past three years. Yeah. Like, you can't have that many sitting there. So are they going to reinvent someone like an Eva or a Dalpoz to play as a small forward or something like that because you can't just play all those players. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I mean, look, I it, <laughs> I think I sent several messages to you through the season about my my head was just exploding every week watching Jess Dalpoz <laughs> playing defence. I just could not yes. understand it. Like she's just such a good user of the football, and I've seen her pinpoint passes into forward 50 on that beautiful left foot so much as a Falcon and I just cannot believe she's been used as a small defender like it just blew my mind you know she needs to be she needs to be in the middle getting the ball forward I mean ask Meg McDonald who she loves to receive the footy from it was always just to help us that you know like she just has it's just such a beautiful user of the ball I just why would you play her in defense yeah so that's the thing like they just have too many of the same kind of player and in any any one of those players could go to another side and be a straight up midfield start. But at GWS, they have too many of them. They don't have enough players that can kick the ball through the goalposts. And it's just, it baffles me that that's how they've constructed the list. That's my query about GWS. That's all. <laughs> so out of the side, obviously Amanda Ferruja retired before the season began. Ellie Brush, Maggie Gorham, and Ingrid Nielsen have all also retired. Ellie Brush has sights on Tokyo Olympics as a Matilda potentially. Maggie Gorham, the football, the AFLW lifestyle isn't for her. And Ingrid Nielsen needs to focus on her career as a a paramedic. I was about to say pandemic again. No. (laughs) And um, they've also obviously traded out Lisa Whiteley, who we've already mentioned. Mm. Um, Their draft hand, they are the only people able to access New South Wales talent. Um, they have picked 9, 29, and 41. So if, at, like uh, Adelaide, it wouldn't matter what numbers they were. They One, two, three, four. <laughs> exactly. Um, I, I, they made a lot of progress this year, the Giants. I would hate to see that ruined because they just don't have the right structures in place. Mm. So should we talk about Melbourne? I kind of feel like maybe we should leave Melbourne till the end, like get through the other teams and then come back to Melbourne because I feel like, Gemma, you're going to have so much to say about this. <laughs> I'm going to try not to, but okay. We'll leave Melbourne to the end. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm just looking at my notes. for it. Let's talk about North Melbourne. Yep. North Melbourne got a big win out of this trade period. Um, Ooh, God, they did, didn't they? Out of nowhere, Grace Campbell from Richmond was traded on the first day. Yeah. Hey, no one expected it. Have no idea why Richmond allowed it to happen. Um, tough midfielder. She's 24 years old. She came off their rookie list, I think. Um, she's 
super consistent, a two-way midfielder. She had a super impressive debut season in a team that was chaotic, let's be honest. She was the most – her and Monique Conti and Phoebe Monaghan were the best three players for mm. Richmond. And she just was so consistent, came out of nowhere. Very few people knew who she was before the season started, and now I think everyone is very aware of who she is. She's the ultimate role player. Um, again, my only question is – I love what she does, but North Melbourne's midfield is stacked. Yeah, do they need another midfielder? (laughs) My question is, if you're going to slot her in, who comes out of that midfield? Because Mm. I would hate to see Jasmine Garner be moved back out of the midfield after the incredible season she had this year where she was robbed of a top four place in the MVP. Um, So Jasmine Garner actually has played forward her whole AFLW career and her whole VFLW career. She moved into the midfield this year and actually kicked more goals and had, on average, I think 15 more possessions a game this year as a mid. So, like, no part of her game was robbed by her moving into the midfield. Oh, so I'd be, she yeah. has to play midfield. Like, she has to. So who yeah. comes out? Because you don't move Ash Riddell out. You don't move Jenna Bruton out. You probably don't move Emma Carney out. Like, I don't know where or how Campbell plays in this team, but then the question becomes what's the new coach going to do and what plans does this new coach have? Because that's yeah. going to have as much of an impact too, right? Oh, yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, does what's, you know, is she quick? Is Grace Campbell, does she have pace? Not not like Guerin pace. No, not like trend. No, so she's she's probably – so just think about it this way. At Richmond, Sarah Hosking is almost a like-for-like replacement of her. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I mean, maybe it's one of those things. It's like just back up. But then you got to think about the fact that Jess Trend is out of this side. So do you see Jasmine Garner moved to the half-back line as a running half-back? Because then I think, again, you're not getting the most out of Garner for the sake of putting someone else in there. So I think there's definitely got to be some movement in this North Melbourne side, I'm just really curious as to see what that looks like. Yeah. Um, out goes Abby Green, as we've mentioned, Jess Trend, as we mentioned. Taylor Mercedes has retired and they've delisted Chloe Haynes, Libby Haynes, Emma Humphreys and Marie. I don't know how to say her last name. Do you know how? No. CO? It's Irish. Uh, Maraid CO. I don't know. Sorry, Maraid. And just hope that that's right. Um, I'm very sorry. She didn't play a game, so I couldn't look at commentary to hear how it was said. Um, <laughs> their draft hand. So they have pick 13, 22, 43, 48, and 55. So in Victoria, that is 8, 15, 29, 31, and 34. Um, keep in mind that North Melbourne do have um, sole access to the Tasmanian draft pool as well. So um, if there's any talent coming from, from Tasmania, they have only, the only access to it. Yeah, well, that's I was going to say because um, the Haynes twins and Humphreys are all from Tassie. <laughs> well, Humphreys did play Melbourne's first two seasons and was a pretty good player. And then yeah. once she got to North, she just didn't get a game. So, all right. Well, again, yeah, again, it was hard to get a look in. She's quite, she's quite quick though. She's got good pace. She's a good half forward. Mm. So maybe we see her picked up again. See, Richmond wouldn't do too badly to get her. No, no, definitely not. Yeah, so maybe we'll see her again. Mm. Um, let's move on to Richmond, actually. Oh, God. I did everything in alphabetical order and now I hate myself. Uh, so they got Harriet Cordner in. Uh, 
Pick 28. Pick 28. She's 28 years old, sorry. She's a defender slash ruck and she's reliable and versatile and we saw that this year at Melbourne. So I just need to jump in here. For people that don't know, uh, Harriet Cordner is Gemma's favourite player. Um, That's not strictly true. Shelly Scott is my favourite player. Harriet Cordner is one of my favourite Melbourne players whose badge I took off my scarf yesterday out of sadness. So anyway, that's why that's why she's a little bit frazzled talking about Harriet because she's quite fond of Harriet. I will explain why when we talk about Melbourne. Is that okay? <laughs> that's fine. No. <laughs> um, I think so. From all accounts, she wanted to move on to get more opportunity, but I think the kind of role she played at Melbourne is exactly what Richmond need her for. Mm, so yeah. I think this is a bit of a Jeremy Howe to Collingwood situation where promised that he'd get to play forward and has not seen a day as a forward at Collingwood because he's too good in the position he already plays. Mm. Um, Again, sorry to reference men's footy, but it's just a good reference point for a lot of people. Um, She, I think if she can play a key defensive role, she'll allow Phoebe Monaghan a little bit more freedom to get off her player, use that run and really, really good kick out of defence. Phoebe Monaghan is a very long kick and on the run out of defence, that's so beneficial in AFLW in particular. So mm. if Phoebe Monaghan doesn't have to be as accountable to a one-on-one player, I think that gives Richmond so much more bounce out of their back line, which is a big yeah. issue for them this year. And I think that's what Harriet Cordner can bring Richmond. Yeah, so Cordner, I think it's a big in if she can play the role that the team needs her to play. Mm. Um, Sarah Darcy is another one. So she's a 29-year-old forward from Collingwood. She's a bit inconsistent, but I think something we saw from her this year was her ability to push up the ground and have an impact up the ground. And this is the thing with Richmond is they have a ton of forwards, but they can't get the ball into them. Yeah. So I think Sarah Darcy can be a player that can push up the ground a bit, force Katie Brennan to play as a forward, as a stay-at-home forward with Frederick and Wakefield. And mm. then you think about Taylor Stahl and players like that who can crumb off those three who are known to take marks. If you get Sarah Darcy kicking it to them as a forward who knows what she wants and how a good ball coming in, what a good ball coming in looks like, that completely changes the way Richmond play their game because they just couldn't get the ball forward in an effective way this year. So oh, I would love to see Darcy playing higher up the ground. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she's a great hit-up forward, definitely. Yeah, she could definitely play that role. Yeah. Um, and then Sarah Dargan, another player from Collingwood, 21-year-old, highly touted midfielder slash forward. Um, she's a bit like Guerin where she's got all the potential in the world. She just needs consistent games to show it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think she can be a real role player alongside um you know mon conti and a few others like that and then we talk about the big trade uh sarah hosking from carlton 24 year old mid very durable she hasn't missed a game since she debuted she's played 30 games which is the most of any player um there's a bunch of them that have played 30 Mm. she's a tough role player she's exactly what richmond needed but as i said before um feels a bit like a zero-sum game because they've lost grace campbell and hosking effectively just replaces grace campbell and they're both the same age. They're pretty much the same player. Campbell's just come to it a bit later. So it feels like 
you take one out, you put the other in, and they're back at zero. So that's their ins. Out goes, obviously, Grace Campbell, whose name I've said 6,000 times now. <laughs> Laura Bailey, Lauren Tessarira, and Ella Wood have all retired. Nikayla Butler, Emma Horn, and Kiara Fitzpatrick have all been delisted. So Richmond, with their assistance from the AFL, have pick 1, 42, and 52, which is 1, 28, and 33 in Victoria. Yeah, so I think the big question about Richmond, again, which is a hard question to ask when you don't know who their coach is, you don't know the kind of game style they're going to want to play, but if their players are played in the right positions, they have potential to be damaging. Mm. But until they're played in the right positions and play a team game rather than individual game, nothing's going to change. I do think bringing in Darcy and Cordner is really huge Yeah, when you think about the spine. and it, like you, like you say, it, it it frees up other players to play different roles. So I mean, they're they're really two key, you know, key pillars. I think. Yeah, I guess the question is the midfield. Um, Hosking is good in, um, but she's you know she's not she's not a Monconti. She's not going to win a game off her boot. So yeah, it, it's how, how can they how can they build that strength through the middle? You know, I still think Katie Brennan is. A, a forward like I think her best position is a forward I think the whole football world agrees with you and that's seeing her win a VFLW best and fairest you know as a forward slash sometimes mid but you know she can she can win a game off her own boot <laughs> yeah. um so I mean if if a Hosking can can free up Conti a little bit more to to link the midfield and the forwards then Katie Brennan can get off the leash and win games for you but I just don't think yeah it's just it's that it's that midfield that it's the key and that's the thing like you think about the idea of Frederick Brennan and Wakefield all there that stretches a defense oh my god it's scary it's scary so difficult to defend but until they're all playing there you can't Mm. actually do that and you know like Brennan she can kick goals from you know 40 yeah (laughs) you know she she can she's 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 a straight kick yeah oh she's such a such a powerful, dangerous forward. Uh, yeah. Yes. Let's move to the Saints now. Again, Melbourne player. Bianca Jacobson comes in. Uh, she's a 27-year-old defender slash winger, um, inactive in 2020 for personal reasons. Um, I think she's a pretty good replacement for Alison Drennan, really. She's a very strong overhead mark. She's very mature. She uses the ball very well, actually was just doing a recording before this about a game where she kicked a ridiculous snap at goal. So she can really play anywhere. She just maybe sometimes struggles to get into games a little bit. She needs to be able to put a stamp on a game a little bit more. But she's that perfect outlet kick down the line because she is such a strong mark in the air. Mm. And I think that will really help the Saints exit defense where similar to Gold Coast, they did get trapped in defense a little bit too much. And Mm. if they can link better forward towards Caitlin Greiser and players like that through the likes of Bianca Jacobson, I think that is a huge bonus for them. Yeah. Well, I think also like I, I think Peter Sell factor is, is huge. I think any, any player that goes to St Kilda, Peter Sell will get the best out of them. And, you know, like you said, BJ's got, amazing hands she reads the play so well she is a really beautiful kick um i think wherever wherever they choose to play her like she's going to dominate it's just yeah i mean but she's also versatile so like you say like she can play off half back she could be a mobile winger yeah 
which is yeah. a great in for them. Which is another sad one for me. Um, Jade Van Dyke is the other in they got from Carlton. She's a 24-year-old defender. She was part of that Hawthorne 2018 VFLW flag. Um, she'll have chemistry with Patty Hill, who's an assistant coach at the Saints, and a bunch of other Hawks that are on that Saints list. And I think that is a huge plus coming in, already having knowledge of how a lot of them play. Um, she's super reliable. She missed a lot of this season because of an ankle injury, but if she hadn't, she would have been a first-up start in every single game for Carlton, I think, in what is a strong list. And mm. I think similar to Cordner, she'll shut down a little bit more to allow others to play more rebounding games out of defence. Yeah, for sure. Um, Which Saints desperately need. Yeah. Yeah, she would have played a lot of footy with Tamara Luke, wouldn't she, yep. as well? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think you know, good teams really build from defence. So I imagine that she would slot in quite nicely in their, in their defensive unit. Yeah. So out goes Alison Drennan, as we've mentioned. Emma Mackey and Courtney Munn have both retired and Sammy Johnson, Kelly O'Neill and Melissa Keys have all been delisted by the Saints. Their draft position, they've got picks 6, 24, 34, 39, 51, which in Victoria is 4, 16, 23, 26, 32. I think this list as it stands is very, very exciting. When you think about this midfield of Vesely, um, Patrikios, you know, Dylan, players like that, that's so exciting. It's just about not letting themselves lose the territory battle as much. And I think once they start doing that, their forward line is so potent. Think about Greiser, Guthrie showing up there. Yeah, you know, like their forward Mm. line is exciting. They just don't get it there enough. Mm. And I think if they can make that adjustment with a few of these changes, play more of an attacking game, then Mm. they can be really damaging. Yeah. Do you think think Jacobson can fill a bit of a hole that Drennan's left? Yeah, I think Jacobson is a good player to do that and I think it allows them a bit more flexibility. And then you think about the fact that they'll get Kate McCarthy back, they'll get Tony mm. White back, they'll get Nadia Von Bertouche back. Like there's a lot of these players that the Saints were without that were integral to their attacking play. And I think they started with a very defensive setup to at least be competitive and not lose games by big margins. And then when we saw them play Carlton, we saw them play a much more attacking game that Mm. allowed them to score more heavily. But then once it did rebound on them, Mm. they did get scored heavily against. And I think that's what Peter Searle this year was trying to prevent. But I think the next step for them next year is to be much more um, positive in their ball movement and not just lose that territory battle. But as long as we don't lose by too much, it's okay type thing. So, yeah. Did that answer your question? I did. Okay, good. I half forgot your question. I just talk about what I want to talk about. <laughs> <sighs> We're nearly through this. Um, West Coast. Let's talk about West Coast. So they brought in Taylor Breslin from Frio, as we've mentioned, 24-year-old defender, inaugural docker. Um, she didn't actually get a chance at the Dockers this year. She didn't play a game, but she had played pretty consistently prior to that. This was just because the Dockers had a lot of depth in defense. So mm. I think bringing some experience to the Eagles' defense, particularly given Radan's retirement out of that back line, mm. I also just think that her getting a fresh opportunity at senior level where she'll be first picked every week um, will really improve her game as well because she will have a bit more confidence on her, a bit more on her shoulders to really perform. Yeah. I d- it always <laughs> it's always happens like, 
Taylor Breslin, like she's only 24 and yeah. yet like it happens so much with the WA players. Like Hayley Miller, like you would think that she's, you know. She's 23, yeah. She's, but she's only like <laughs> a baby in terms of footy, but she's just been playing for so long. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like in terms of experience, it's great for, for West Coast to get Breslin. Yeah, I I think it's a huge in for them and, you know, Frio would have loved to keep her, I imagine, as a depth player, but you can't just keep a player for depth and not give him opportunity. Mm. The other in that they got, which I think is massive, is Ashling McCarthy from the Western yeah. Bulldogs. She's a 24-year-old Irish woman. Um, she's a forward slash wing. She had an incredible season this year. Um, she provided a lot of that outside speed and run linking and I, I say this a lot but it's such a key to aflw in particular linking a strong midfield to a strong forward line is the hardest thing in aflw i think and she very much was able to do that for the dogs this year mm. um i think she's a really important inclusion given the issues west coast had in converting clearance work to mm. inside 50s this year because they have Dana Hooker and Emma Swanson and Imara Cameron as well on the inside. They have no one on the outside that can make the most of that work, whereas now McCarthy can be that person. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I don't really have much to add, but she is a huge get for them. Um, so out at the Eagles, they've lost Emily Bonza and Talia Radan to retirement. Um, Kate Bartlett, Cassie Davidson, Emily Maguire, Danica Piscinari, and Tani Tess are all delisted. As we mentioned, Tani Tess has been picked up again. Um, pretty disappointing, actually, to see Maguire and Davidson in particular delisted because they were kind of pilfered from Fremantle. Interesting. Their draft hand, they've got pick 3, 18, 32, 53, 56, which in WA is 1, 3, 5, 7, and 8. Um, they've certainly gained some talent this offseason. Uh, but the thing that they're missing is still a key forward. Grace Kelly, mm. their Irish recruit, is one of their two Irish recruits, sorry, is that the only key forward remaining on their list after delisting um, Maguire and Piscinari. Mm. So there's got to be, and there is one player in particular, that a video of her taking a screamer in State League has been shared across social media very wide, widely who was available last year for uh, drafting, but they chose not to. Um, they desperately need a key forward to come out of the draft and have an immediate impact for them, kind of like what Roxy Rue did at Fremantle mm. this year. Yeah. Um, because they just have no forward presence. And you can have all the small forwards in the world, but if they can't get the ball in there and keep it in there long enough for the small forwards to have a crack, it's just pointless. So that is the big thing for West Coast. Yeah. I mean, key forwards take a while to develop. So, yeah, like that goes to show how extraordinary Roxy Roo is. Yeah, I'm always happy to talk about how extraordinary Roxy Roo is. <laughs> you know this. <laughs> well, maybe we'll come back to Roxy at the end. <laughs> that's okay. Well, you just know that I've been talking about her since before the draft last year happened. Yeah, and it was true. so satisfying to watch it. I was mm. vindicated by her performance this year. Thanks, Roxy. Uh, <laughs> let's move to the Western Bulldogs. Uh, in comes Katie Lynch from Collingwood, who's a 20-year-old swing. Um, she can play forward or defense. She's a great mark of the ball, but she's yet to prove that she can follow it up with a kick. So not even in front of goal, but just kicking around the ground. She takes these beautiful marks and then turns the ball over all too often. Mm. And I think that that's the thing that the dogs really need to 
kind of develop in her is her ability to follow up after the mark. Um, she's got all the potential in the world, but really needs to hone those skills. And I think the Western Bulldogs have such a great group of young players that mm. it's a good spot for her to be in. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think, again, like I said earlier, but if you can have a core group of young players that come through together, that's really, really good for the future of your club. Yeah, I. Uh, speaking of Roxy Roo, uh, one of my favourites is Nell Morris-Dalton. Yes. It took so long for her to get an opportunity, but, my God, it was oh. so good what she did. Uh, round six. She debuted in round six oh. out of six. I know. They had no we, fall with all year. And we weren't even allowed to go. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, she's a, yeah, she's a ripper. Yeah. Oh. Um, that's the thing as well. Like I think Katie Lynch coming into a side that has effectively reinvented Izzy Huntington as mm. a defender the way they have, the way yeah. they've used Gabby Newton, who was actually drafted as a key forward but played the whole season in defense. They've yeah. they, Nathan Burke has proven that he can develop players into what he needs from them. Mm. And I think that is a good place for Katie Lynch to be. Yeah, oh definitely. Um, then we talk about who they've lost. So we've already mentioned Ashling McCarthy. We've already mentioned Hannah Munyon, who both got traded out. Um, Ashling Utri retired before the season began. There was a very little fanfare about that. So mm. they actually never replaced her either. So they actually had a list of 29 all season. Mm. Um, and Nicole Callan and your good mate um, retired once the season ended as well. She's very nice too. I did speak to her on the phone. Uh, not on the phone. I texted her and she was lovely to me too. She is just a beautiful, beautiful human. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm so glad that she got to call time herself. And yep. I don't know about you, but I watched um, the Western Bulldogs put her speech to the playing group up on their website and I was a blubbering mess watching that. <laughs> uh, just knowing knowing Nick and um, how much she gives to her teammates and, and, and just what she said about, um, you know, originally it was going to be, you know, AFL was, AFLW was going to start in 2020 and she's so glad that, um, you know, she got as much as she did out of it, you know, and a premiership, um, you know, what a, what a, what a great attitude. <laughs> like she, yeah. It just, that's just Nick. She's just so positive and um, I think I think her young teammates will miss her around the mm. club. She's just so giving and nurturing. Yeah. And their draft hand, they've got pick two, 11, and 16. So in Victoria, that's two, six, and 10. So they're really strong in the draft again. They had a number of, I think they had three picks in the top 10 last year as well in Victoria. So um, actually, no, nationally, they had three in the top 10. So that's a big deal. Um, I think the loss of McCarthy is worrying because they were really exposed for outside speed this year when they sent Kirsten McLeod forward. Mm. Um, McCarthy was the only one, and now McCarthy's gone. McC the the reliance on McLeod becomes that much heavier. I know there's other young players coming through that can start to do that, but I think McLeod is going to have to carry a very heavy load next year because of that. Yeah. Should we talk about Melbourne now? Okay. Now, if it, are, are we ready for this, Gem? I'm going to try to be very even keel about this. Okay. We ready? can do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the only player Melbourne brought in was signing an Irish woman named Lauren McGee, who she has agility, speed, and strength. I'm very excited to watch her play. We saw the impact that 
Steve McAvoy and Sinead Goldrick could have for Melbourne this year outside of them both getting injured, one at the start of the season, one at the end. Um, but they both gave Melbourne so much run, so much just, I guess, excitement. They really lifted the team at times with some of their runs. They both kicked goals. So I'm excited to see what McGee can do because by all accounts, she is even better than both of them, which is exciting. But out goes Harriet Cordner, Madeline Guerin, Bianca Jacobson, Alicia Newman, Elise Day, Catherine Smith, and Ainsley Kemp was delisted. So let's talk about their draft hand. They've got pick 5, 15, 17, 35, 40, and 47, which in Victoria is 3, 9, 11, 24, 27, and 30. So to have six picks within the top 30 in Victoria, again, very good. But as I said to you before, if I never hear the word the words, we want to improve our draft end ever again in my life, I will be fine with that. <laughs> so from the outset, Melbourne were very clear that they were all about high draft picks this year. Mm-hmm. Victoria has a strong draft pool. They want the picks. That was what they were going to do, and they it almost felt like they didn't care how they got them. I understand the trading of most of the players. Yeah. Um, I understand moving Catherine Smith on. She's incredible, but missed this year through an ACL, and Melbourne had the best defense in the league. I get that. She's a player that you do have currency on. Trade her out. Alicia Newman, very similar. Like, didn't quite do for Melbourne what they needed from her this year, um, but had currency. Trade her and get something out of it. Like, I get that. My two issues, three issues, I guess, but can be packaged up into two groups. (laughs) First one is trading Aliso Day and Madeline Guerin for pick 15 is a problem for me. I think that. They just didn't get enough because all and, – and I know Guerin's coming off an ACL as well, but the potential of those two players to impact at a club that is already so strong and to only get pick 15 for it when you could have gotten more I think is a is a loss for Melbourne. Um, again, I think Melbourne's midfield can be very, very good without O'Day in it. Um, I probably – don't quite rate her as highly as you do, which everyone's different and don't hate me. I'm glad oh, we're no, looking at each no, other's yeah. screen. But pick 15 is what Carlton got for Sarah Hosking and should Melbourne should absolutely have gotten more than that for these two players. That's my first issue. My second issue is the concern about losing Cordner and to almost a lesser extent Jacobson, two tall, versatile players, worries me should injuries occur again because mm. this year Cordner had to shoulder so much between Lauren Pierce missing a bulk of the season and Cordner having to spend a lot of time in the ruck. And then when Meg Downey went, was ill and missed the last half of the season, Cordner had to go back into defense and play as a key defender. So much is now on either not, no injuries happening to tall players or Zanka having to do a lot of that, mm. that's worrying to me um, unless they can find someone out of the draft that is a good tall utility that, again, can have an immediate impact. But rucks and tall forwards don't kind of develop overnight. So that is my issue. Jacobson mm. could have been that person coming back after being inactive and they've also traded her on. So that is my concern about Melbourne's trade period. Okay. Devil's advocate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go for it, please. Go no, for no. It. Well, I mean, no, I, I agree with you um, about pick fifteen on paper. It, it it blows my mind that 
Carlton were able to get two players of that quality for one pick. Yep. Um, that does blow my mind. I, I have to, I have to concede that one. But I, I rate uh, Aliso Day really highly, and you know, Maddie is coming off an ACL and she's very young, but she has so much upside and potential. So that, yeah, I mean, again, on paper, I, I have to agree with you on that one. Second is um, it is very strong draft this year from what I'm hearing, um, st- strong Victorian draft. Yeah. So I understand, and, and they haven't been able to go to, to the early part of the draft very much at all over the last couple of seasons. Something else that's really interesting, um, some of the media that Todd Patterson has done um, yes. post-draft period is that they were really, they've been really concerned about expansion. So if, if there's expansion again and Hawthorne and Essendon come in, then the draft gets decimated. So they're, they're future-proofing themselves and yep. I, I get that. Um, and also the other thing is uh, I said this on our um, on the Safer Life, which I'm still editing, hasn't been released yet. But <laughs> but the thing also about um, list management and recruiting teams is, you know, we're looking at this on paper from, you know, twenty season 2020 to season 2021, but they map out, yeah, you know, the next five years, and and they've been watching players for the last five years, you know, since they were you know 14 or 15. So. Part of me has faith that they have mm-hmm. a plan and they're just executing it. Um, the other small element also is, you know, they made it to the to the last four teams standing basically, and they didn't have Maddie Guerin, they didn't have Catherine Smith, they didn't have Bianca Jacobson, Alicia Newman. Did she even kick a goal this seven year? Seven behind. This seven year. behinds this year. Alicia Day didn't have a great season um, by her standards, and they still um, finished really strongly. Um, Lauren Pierce missed a lot of footy. Lily Mitten missed a lot of footy. Meg Downing, you know, missed a fair bit of footy as well. So I just, I think, you know, they are pretty strong and I think they're also backing in the players that they have. I fully agree with you 100%. And we joked about this, how I had a breakdown. It's not strictly true. <laughs> um, being in stage four lockdown and seeing your, your team move on seven players is stressful. I will admit mm. that. The reality of losing five of those players doesn't phase me as much, but losing Cordner, I think opens up the potential for a really big hole. And that I think is my big sticking point. And then we've got to consider Ainsley Camp, who's just so, so unlucky. Mm. She was having a really good season, had only one ACL and then tore that one ACL this year. Mm. I, I hope like hell we get to see her back in footy because she did have such a good season until that happened. Yeah. And that is the other like hard part because you do have to delist players when they can't give you what you need from them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, th- those are my, those two parts are my issue more than moving Catherine Smith on moving Elisa day on anything like that. I just feel as an outsider, I feel like they maybe could have got more out of Carlton um, because Carlton are already so strong you could have gotten more for those two players. But other than that, and, and the way that trade specifically, the O'Day and Guerin trade has been talked about since, it's almost been talked about as if it was just O'Day for 15, which I kind of would accept. But mm. what they're forgetting is Maddie Guerin 
was pick 14 a couple of years ago. She's a she's a high draft pick. She's got a lot of potential. Mm. She had to be valued a bit higher than just being steak knives for Carlton. That is what my issue is with that one. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I, I totally get that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm so excited as well. Melbourne have signed, I think it's nine players for two years from here. So um, Miffin, Birch, Hanks, Zanka, Sheriff, Amundsen, Heath, Maddie Gay, Kate Hoare, all signed till 2022. Seeing that bulk of young players signing for the long term absolutely soften the blow of the losses because there are a lot of players in that group that aren't rated as highly as they should be. Shelley Heath um, was having an incredible year until she had to get her appendix out during the season. These are the things Melbourne faced this year. Yeah, oh, totally, yeah. <laughs> had to get her appendix out. She was brilliant for them. Maddie Gay absolutely came in and effectively pushed Daisy Pierce out of the midfield. You know, Emerson coming off half back is a jet. Um, Zanka has the potential to do anything and a highly, I, I absolutely expect her to be captain of Melbourne one day. Mm. Um, we talked about Lily Mithen. We've talked about Libby Birch. Like Casey Sheriff came in and her defensive efforts through the midfield were fantastic and she's got speed. Yeah. So there's such so much to like about that group. And then you've got players like Jackie Parry, who, again, had this hamstring injury but then came in and was a really effective forward. So there's so much to like about Melbourne. I just, um, yeah, those two parts of the trade period, I think, were my issue. Other than that, I'm very excited. Yeah. Oh, I think there's a lot of upside. Yeah. yeah. And, and and I think it's just a, it's just a shock when yeah. you see – so many players get turned over in one trade period. Yeah. yeah. Um, but also another thing that I like about AFLW in that, it, you know, there's not as much posturing. You know, the posturing that goes on at, at trade time in the men's game is so ridiculous. From a particular club as well. Uh, yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it just doesn't happen at AFLW. And, yeah. and I think because everyone understands the nature of the competition yeah. and – you know, and if players do want a fresh start, like Aliso Day, then it, you know, clubs facilitate it. Um, yeah, I don't. I have think the, any the other bonus point. of Aliso Day um, moving on, we're going to see Tyler Hanks play so much more midfield time. Yeah, which is so exciting. Yeah, because she played mostly as a small forward this year. She didn't get a lot of midfield midfield mm. time this year, just because yeah. there's no space for her. But now that door opens up. Yeah, and you know. They've still got Daisy. <laughs> like, really? I mean, if they're in a pinch, just chuck her in the middle. <laughs> yeah. I, I forget about her. I was so happy that I called her be called that she'd be a half back this year, and I was right. Um anyway, the draft. The draft is happening on the 6th of October, everyone, which is a Tuesday. It's at 7 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. You can stream the whole thing. So please. Keep an eye out for what your team's doing. I will be constantly refreshing the page, probably from 6 p.m. that day, out of excitement because this is all I do with my life. Um, hopefully we'll be out of lockdown by then. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Um, anything you want to add, Alison? I um, said your name really weirdly just then. <laughs> no, not really. I think we've I think we've well and truly covered everything. <laughs> I'm sorry I talk so much. <laughs> No, I love it. Um, yeah, so this has been your siren recap of the AFLW trade and sign period with more depth than my written version a few weeks ago. So enjoy that, everyone. Um, this has been 
kind of the first official Siren podcast episode, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Social media credits edited by Alison. Alison <laughs> did everything. Thank you, Alison, for joining me for this. No, thank you. It's, it's been, been fun. fun. Yeah. I've just talked about AFLW all day and that has put me in a great mood. Oh, what else is there to talk about? <laughs> Literally nothing right now. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, yeah, let's wrap this bad boy up and uh, we'll hopefully see everyone for another Siren podcast soon. We can't guarantee anything, but we hope to do more. Yes, definitely.